Hello and welcome to the Long Ash Podcast. Nick Labretti here alongside me always. Great color commentator and a damn good dresser. We have Secret Chris. Um, What's up, guys? Interesting smoke today. And I think this actually gives us a, a cool topic to discuss. Um, just in time, uh, went on his, if there's n- the noise is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Uh, She's never going to help again. We have adorable Adele helping us today, backing us up. Her her protege was sent overseas, so she's all by her lonesome. And Justin Time got sick on his cruise, which I think we all knew was going to happen. He was going to yeah. get some. He was going to catch some ancient disease. I mean, I feel like cruise ships are just a bevy, a hotbed of disease. And he was he was talking. Yeah, I was talking such a high game yesterday. Like, no, I didn't get sick the whole time. I'm like, yeah, you get sick now. That's yeah. when you get it. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and plus where he went, it was what eighty degrees all week, yeah. and you come back to thirty degree weather. Yeah. You're... But he was saying his whole family. He was and saying he, his, no yeah, he was saying his whole family at home had it so it wasn't like something oh, okay. he necessarily brought back whatever i'm actually very shocked he he came back what, very, he, he i just felt like he would have been like arrested. you know this is yeah. my life i would love to live on a cruise ship and right you just could like, see i could see him trying to do that and then he's putting the brig yeah after two weeks for hitting never, on every bartender i never saw this movie but there's this movie beach bum matthew mcconaughey the director of <clears throat> kids and and uh spring breakers he did it and I could see Justin being Matthew McConaughey's character, just like living on a beach somewhere, like just no worries. Yeah, but uh, he did gift us something, which yeah, was nice. Which is what I, so he he came back from his journey, and he said, "Now, I was very very thankful, but I was also upset because he said he went to a cigar shop and he got us some Cubans." And I said, what was the name of the cigar shop? And he told me the name was like a, a nicer liquor store, like a higher end liquor was store on the, the island, sta- on the island, on the island, on the island of Saint Martin. And I go on Google and I look at it, and literally two shops down is a Casa de Habano, which is like the official seller yeah. of Cuban cigars. So I'm like, ah, could have just done gone the research. To the yeah. But again, it was a nice effort. So what he brought us, um, oddly enough, and I, he did do his research somewhat, yeah. is he got us what Cigar Aficionado said was the number one cigar of the year this year, which is the Cuban H. Upman uh, number two. Now, I have questions. A, I'm not the best at determining fakes from real. I'm okay. The ones that I've ever bought from, I, I have reliable websites or reliable people give them to me. Um, and so I don't have to worry about it too much. The things I normally look for, I don't see here. It has the right weight. I do feel like Cubans come in a little bit lighter in terms of the weight. The band looks good. The only band that I can really recognize a fake with is Cohiba. There's like 15 things you can look for. Uh, Monte Cristo to a degree. H. Yeah, you know your bands, man. Like yeah. Really quickly, we were, Derek, you and I were talking to Joey B from Cincinnati. It was Joe Cool again smoking cigars. And from what I saw, I thought it was a Monte Cristo epic. But Nick was like, nope. <laughs> it was Cohiba Cuban. Yeah. And then you and then yeah, the article came out and you're right. How's your rapper? Mine's cracking a little. I mean, mine's mine looks actually good. If you look at that. Nice. Pretty pretty good. I mean, Kraken also, don't forget, he was transporting it back yeah. in a thing. Um I'm not gonna hold it to that because yeah, like yeah. you said, he was traveling. Yeah. So hold on, I'm gonna this up. And it was Justin traveling. You never know what where these yeah. were. How he transported them. Oh, wow. So, 
in terms of spotting like fake H Upmans, not necessarily something that's very common. However, the timing of him buying these a couple weeks after the list came out, that could certainly spur people to yeah. create a fake. So the things I normally look oh, to for create a fake. I didn't think yeah. people would do that. What? I didn't think people would oh look at the number one, I'm gonna create a fake. Oh yeah, I mean, they'll they'll do they'll they'll do whatever they have to, you know, make a dollar. Um, and it was also the price. These weren't cheap, so it's not an obvious, like, oh, he got them for $5. But the going price of this cigar generally is somewhere between 28 and 33 American dollars. Um, all the websites that I checked yesterday, it was, like you know, like $590 for a box of 25 so it's somewhere in that range. He said he bought these for 18 Okay. Is that average or is that... That's bel- way below, like, what... So usually when aficionado like puts a cigar and they put the price there, obviously they have to do the Cubans. They put it in in terms of pounds because it's not available in America. So they don't put it in dollars, but they usually put it for like the general MSRP. You know, most of the times it's going to be more expensive when you actually go to a shop, depending on state taxes and whatever. So they had this listed at thirty two pounds, which is something like thirty three to thirty five dollars. Oh wow! Some of the websites I I looked, you can get it for like twenty nine to thirty. So we got these for 18. So that's where I'm iffy about them. Well, hmm. to be honest, it's very good. Yeah. It is very good. It has the flavor I expect from a Cuban. Again, I never, I haven't spoken H. Upman Cuban in years. Um, the big thing that I always notice with Cubans, however, is the weight. And this is coming in at that weight. They are much lighter in weight then if you if you held this next to an ashton age maduro with your eyes closed you're gonna be able to tell which one is which because there is a significant weight difference um they're much lighter the wrapper it's not flawless in terms of like what you would see from nicaragua or the dr but in terms of what you see for a cuban this is this is pretty good it's in that realm of like a very good cuban wrapper has some of that spotting on it that I see sometimes. Um, a little sheen, not a ton of oil, but it's not dried out. I, I think it's legit. I don't want someone to come, oh, it's fake. First of all, I've actually I've had fake Cubans that smoke better than real Cubans, you know, because sometimes what they'll do is some guy will buy a box of Arturo Fuentes or something. They'll throw a, you know, a fake Cuban band on it, mm-hmm. and they sell it to you for $25 on the beach of Mexico or wherever. You still get a good cigar. Yeah. You know, a lot of times. Um, but real, I mean, it's a cool experiment. I, let, let's see if this is worthy of being named number one. You know, we had a lot of contention with the, uh, with the list this year, as people can tell from our episode um, last week and the clip on our Instagram that's kind of going around right now. Um, I did want to clarify something because there was some feedback on another clip we released when we were talking about how good the Oliva V series is. I just want people to remember and and listen to the beginning of the last episode. Every cigar that made the top 25 this year, including the the ones we talked about in the top 10, are all deserving of being there. They're all excellent cigars. And I would say if something is like, oh, I think this is garbage, they put a garbage cigar. It's the timing and the consistency with which the same companies and also like and brands within those companies that are so are, are past their prime 
that makes it frustrating. But there was not a cigar on there. I think the Oliva V is literally should be in the Hall of Fame, that cigar. Because I guess mean, what? Our version of the Oliva V got on yeah. half Will's list last year. Yeah. I so, mean, yeah, I mean, and you, if you listen to the podcast and then you looked at the clip that we posted on Monday, <clears throat> this past Monday, um, we said, like, there's no such thing as a bad cigar. There's, we preference, you know, we we did those top fives of, you know, because we really, how do I say? It? I'm trying to word it correctly. The list, we're, like, a lot of people commented within our Instagram posts about the list. Everyone said almost the same exact thing about how it's just outdated. It's an old mentality type list. It's all this. It's all that. And we couldn't stress enough, and we'll keep stressing it. It's just like when you talk about something that is, you know, a list that is dedicated to a year, we think that it should just be cigars that came out that year um, or, yeah. or or within the last three years or I w- so. I, yeah, I would give a two- to three-year you know? grace period yeah. because, like, the you know, the Kintsugi came out end of 20, yeah. and then it was our number one cigar for I think the oldest cigar on our top 25 was the Henry Clay Warhawk, but that came out, what, 2019? Yeah. So and it I was mean, also, it, was, it wasn't super high on the list. No, it wasn't. And, if, you know, you know um, but it's still like, we, we still, especially Nick, still loves cigars, still appreciates them, and you're going to you always give a shout out. Our point we were trying to make, which most of you guys got, was that just like put some real thought and, and consideration into it. Like now I think cigar snob rated Olmec number one cigar of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and as these lists come out, I will put any money on it. That Olmec will be in the top five for all these other lists. That's then, what we're kind of, that's what we're what trying to it? say. What time does dojo hold on? Um, let me just see. So cause cigar dojo has started releasing their list. I know they okay. dropped two yesterday. Is Coop done with his? He's up there. I don't know. It's oh, his is confusing. His list is a little weird. He does it like one or two a day over like a three week period, and there's a lot of weird. Not I'm not gonna say weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like oh, randos right. on there. But yeah. like, listen, it's it's his it's yeah. his preference. So the two cigars so far that have been rated on Dojo, his number ten cigar of the year is the West Tabam- West Tampa Tobacco Company. That's Ricky Rodriguez's yep. new one. The West Tampa White. At number 10. And then number 9 is the Alec Bradley Double Broadly. Both of those are not just new. They're like the past six months new. Yeah. Okay? Now, listen, does having it be brand new limit what you're able to do? Because let's say this year, besides the Olmec, let's say that there was nothing that I thought was better than the H. Upman 175. Like, I understand that. So a combination of things... I think is required uh, a combination uh you know, like there, there should be a three year grace period, probably even maybe, a, maybe four. Um, but you, you got to look at the evolution of the cigar industry, the evolution of people's palate, the evolution of the companies that are involved. You know, you might have liked the f- original four kicks from crown heads and then nothing that they've done since, but, that's because they've evolved. They've gone into new sectors. That mm-hmm. The cigars you're smoking that they're making with Naxa are nothing like what they made with Pachardo or nothing like what they make with Ernesto or nothing like what they make with my father. You know, there's evolution. There's change. You shift with your own palate. You shift with the customers and the demographics. So, again, it, it was 
it was the Padron that really bugged me. Like really? That, it was that one. I'm like, it's the it's the 19, not even like the 90 year or one of their limiteds that came out recently. I'm like, you picked the same one you picked for number one last year. You're picking again yeah. in the top 10 this year. And it just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, now, in terms of the Cubans, this is an entirely different conversation. That's what we could talk about a little bit today. First of all, I do think this is legit. Um, I haven't had a Cuban in several months, but I do think this is legit. It's smoking that way. There's a a certain flakiness. I don't mean to sound pretentious with this, guys. I'm sure there's people out there listening who are way more Cuban aficionados than I am. I can only speak to my specific experience. There usually is a flakiness to the ash. It's not going to usually be tight. And that's what you get. I don't want to say that they're underpacked, but they're not packed as tight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I don't know about you. I'm getting a very nice open draw. Yeah, no, it's it's burning really well, and it's it's not harsh, you know. It's not um, it's not what I would expect. This is maybe like my third or fourth time smoking a Cuban, and they've always been a little, I don't know. The construction was never good. It's honestly. not. It's not. And I, I don't know what it. I don't know if it's because it's it's traveling like it's no. Travel I'm gonna tell you exactly. I'm gonna tell you exactly what it is. Um, when you're dealing with Cuba and and the notoriety that they have, this kind of legendary status, and when it comes to cigar tobacco, that still holds true to a degree. The tobacco itself, the soil, the atmosphere, the environment, the soil is, is very rich in nutrients, nitrogen. So it produces this very nice, medium-bodied, flavorful, rich tobacco on its own. And don't forget, most of the seed varieties that are used everywhere else in the world come from Cuba. Corojo, Criollo, um, even Connecticut Shade to a degree. They, they might have been genetically enhanced since then, but they're all from Cuba. The problem is not the tobacco. The tobacco was always great and always has been and most likely always will be. The problem is the construction, and the reason for that is that it's a government-run entity. Habanos SA, which is the entity that owns, operates, produces Cuban cigars, is essentially, think of the DMV making cars, and what a nightmare that would be (laughs) with the regulation and government workers. Just because they're in Cuba, government workers are government workers a lot of times. A lot of them are great. My dad works for the government. My dad's a, a, a lawyer. For the, he's a pros- he works for the prosecutor's office. But there's also that level of government worker that doesn't care about the product because they're not incentivized enough. They're not paid enough to care. Yeah. And so what you get a lot of times with Cuban products is just the construction is not there um, because they have no private interests. Private interests, as as evil as they are in a lot of ways, and listen, I watched I just watched the Bertie Madoff documentary. I know all about <laughs> greed and what private interests can do, but you get a couple of really smart businessmen in there, and it's like, listen, we can up your efficiency, up your product quality, and reduce yeah. waste, you know, by thirty percent. But they just they're looking to do that now. They're 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 working together hand in hand with. Um, our sister company, really, uh, Tabacalera out of Spain, who is responsible for the distribution and marketing mm-hmm. of Cubans. So they let them in a couple years ago to kind of work with them on the marketing of it. And now they're working more. Hopefully, I think they're going to start working a little bit more on the manufacturing and like, like, hey, guys, here's how you can do this. And like, it'll be better. Yeah. Um, and the price of these is skyrocketed. 
the last year. Yeah, I just year. looked up when you said like Justin got these for eighteen, <clears throat> and I looked up and they uh, they're the value. It's the lowest price I saw was thirty six. So what happened with that? It's kind of interesting. I don't know if we've talked about it before. So the Chinese market has emerged as this for for cigars, particularly Cuban cigars as like the global destination they have the disposable income you know china and their economic development has kind of developed this communist capitalist mix where they have very wealthy business owners like you have in america but then they all kind of still report to the government but there's this huge swath of upper chinese society that craves luxury items $10,000 $10,000 humidors, rare yeah. bottles of scotch, this kind of thing. So the Chinese market has really grown exponentially in, in term, and hence the year of the whatevers, the year of the rabbits yeah. that every company is making these Chinese. Uh, the one that punched it, which we're going to get into again later because they, okay, they got to yeah. stop doing yeah. that. <laughs> um, so what happened is, you know, there's only X amount of cigars that are coming out of Cuba. Don't forget, they don't switch tobaccos. They're only using Cuban tobacco and they have a limited manufacturing basis as opposed to Nicaragua, Honduras, Dominican Republic. So there's only X amount coming out. And then they're seeing that Hong Kong and China overall, but specifically Hong Kong, is taking as many of these to go, and they're, they're buying them up, and, they're, and because of the taxes in Hong Kong, they're buying them for a significantly higher price than you would get these in France yeah. or North Africa or Spain, for example, um, or you know other parts of East Asia. So what they did is essentially fix the market and they raised all of their prices across the board because they're like, hey, listen, if we can sell all of these to Hong Kong and make our most amount of money, but we're still selling a bunch in Lebanon or you know United Arab Emirates and we're losing money in that, we're going to price fix, particularly Cohiba got the brunt of it. We're going to price fix across the board what so do you mean by that? Like every the price increase to what it costs in Hong Kong. Oh, geez. So now, no matter where they sell it, we're making the same amount of money because we're losing money by selling it cheaper. So if they're selling it for more, like if they're selling Cohibas for more in China, Cohiba doesn't get any of that extra income from that. No, 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 no. So if they have the ability to sell it for a higher price in China and they know it's going to sell. Why are we selling it for cheaper in Lebanon, uh, or why gotcha. are we selling okay, it okay, for okay. cheaper in Turkey? Okay. So they're like, we're just going to set the price so that's as why this. China is like yeah. now becoming. We're going to set the price as this, and if we have less sales in Lebanon or Turkey or France, we know that China will make up for it. They're already used to paying this price, and there's already a huge demand. Yeah. So that was a big, big news story that's this crazy, year. Yeah. Like I said, particularly with Cohiba, some Partagas. I mean, most of the time when they have those auctions and they're giving away like a million dollar Cohiba humidor, it's Chinese businessmen who are buying them up. That's they love they love it, and it's good for them. Like you know, they had a hard time. <laughs> yeah, if they have they had the a hard money, couple centuries in China, they let the, them enjoy. If they have the money to do so, I mean, shit, why not? But that's um, crazy. And it's a smart business decision, yeah. which I got to say, usually government run entities don't make great business decisions. But it's a smart. I'm like, listen, it's a it's a very American capitalist move. I would say yeah. it's a very American move. Um. But see, like I said, this tastes great, but yeah, construction is to, construction is wonky. You got starting you to taste a, a like bad some burn there. Sweet, um, I don't know, just sweet. Like I just my sweet tooth is just kicking in. Essentially, where would you put this cigar on our list then? If it I don't think it make makes it. the top twenty-five. Okay, um, that's not true. 
I would put it in the high teens, high to mid teens. It's very good. But what it's trying to accomplish, this is getting very philosophical. I hope I don't sound like a douchebag to everyone out there. <laughs> but what it's trying to accomplish, what Cubans have always accomplished in terms of their flavor profile, you know, since I was a Ute in my younger days, like working in the store, it was always said that Nicaragua is the closest, even better in terms of their flavor and the taco yeah. tobacco than Cuba. And really, past 10 years, that's really rung true. So everything you're tasting, everything I'm tasting in here and I'm getting and the things that I used to look for in a Cuban, they're nailing it in Nicaragua and they're doing it, I think, a lot better. Particularly is- ag... It's that Corojo tobacco, that almost natural, nutty, medium-bodied sweetness. I think places like, I think, the Mother Church from Pachardo, before all the nonsense happened. Yeah. I think Aganorsa and things that, like, Dion are doing. I think they're this, but better. More nuanced, more flavorful. They're packing out the cigar a little bit more, so you're getting you know more smoke. The construction is way better, but... On its own, I think this is excellent. Mm-hmm. I think this is very good, but I think that this was the goalpost for so many years. The DR got close, especially with the Fuentes and the Opus X's, even though that was a little stronger. But I think Nicaragua, you know, when they say Cubanesque, when Kyle Gellis from Warps talks Cubanesque, this is what they mean, but they have very much advanced that, at least for the American palate. Now, how the rest of the world smokes is very different. Mm-hmm. Nick Perdomo has told me stories of going over to Russia and complaining about a Perdomo cigar because, in their mind, a great cigar, you had to relight it multiple times. That's what shows you it's good tobacco. You have to keep relighting it. And he's like, no. no. that's But that's what they're used to. So they're used to different things over so there. So different cultures. Or, yeah. Yeah, they, they have different definitions of what is a good cigar. That, yeah, relighting, I don't know. It's such a pain in the ass. And I, I haven't feel had like you lose yet, a lot. Yeah. The draw is excellent. I'm going to give this 10 yeah. out of 10 for the draw. The draw is superb. And I got to say, that's a good-looking wrapper. Yeah. For, for a Cuba, that's a good-looking wrapper. I, I'm really enjoying this. I just think that I think that there's major players in Nicaragua. I mean, I think AJ. I think AJ is doing this, but way better. And he's, I think he, he's Cuban. He's from Cuba. He's from the Pinar del Rio region, which is where a majority of the Cuban tobacco. Yeah. So he just took that, and he was able to do you think a lot of his copy it in a better environment? Which one of AJ's brands or collaborations would you say is closest to emulating a Cuban cigar? To, to this, like, we'll use this one specifically. Yeah. Um, let me think. the 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 issue comes down to strength in that Americans tend to like more boldness and more strength. I would say the H. Upman 175th, but it is much stronger than this. I would say he didn't do a Wednesday, did he? No, that was Aganorsa did a Wednesday. Um, I would say Ramon Iones to a degree, but again, much more strength. Any newer ones like the Rare Collection with Raphael or the Heritage? No, they're because they're they're utilizing darker tobacco that you don't really find. So Maduro is not really a thing in Cuba. There's like one Cohiba Maduro. That doesn't really exist. Um, so it's hard to compare, you know, the wise man Maduro. It's hard to compare the yeah. Olmec because they're just not doing that. They're not they're not fermenting in that way. They're not utilizing that. And that's because for so many years, their demographics, who they were selling to, didn't want it. Those tobaccos were kind of created out of a necessity to do something different in America after the gotcha, embargo. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. 
Going back to China <laughs> for a minute, because people liked the rant last week, and I got a new one this week. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I hope they're not watching, but I kind of hope they are. Who? I can't remember the gentleman's name who's kind of... I know Matt Booth's over at General now, and he's doing great things. Matt Booth's a dear friend of mine. Whoever is in charge of punch, you have to stop yeah. with the Chinese food-themed cigars. It is... I don't care if that's the best cigar I've ever smoked in there. The packaging is so bad. It's so corny. It's, it's such a cheap yeah. thing. It's just... It's so weird because, like, the climate we're living in now is... You have to... Um, like, what is it? The movie Blazing Saddles. They have to put out a five-minute, like, hey, this was made in the 70s when, like, racy jokes were, like, not considered controversial and... Mel Brooks was, uh, you know, and did red face, if you want to call it, or Indian. Like, yeah. he did all that. Like, so I just want to keep an open mind. And, and then you have this cigar company who's literally packaging cigars in Chinese containers. Yeah. And n I don't know if it's because we're in this industry where there's a lot of people who don't, I hate the word, but who aren't, quote unquote, woke or don't care about those things. But it's it's tacky, too. I'm going to take It'd this. It'd be like giving a cigar, like. Like, I don't know how I would feel if they were, like, deliver cigars in a pizza box or, like, or mocking, mimicking the Italian culture. Like, I think they did that. You know who did that? Who? General with diesel and the Sunday gravy. Uh, yeah. They so made us, they made us, they made a diesel cigar called Sunday gravy. That's also, that's like different kinds of tomatoes. It's like a. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So they're I, going I, I, down I wouldn't get this, super offended by down, that, but I'm, it's yeah. just so cheesy. But, like, Someone is going, someone will get offended by that because it is corny. Like last year when we talked about these cigar companies marketing towards <clears throat> kids and well, and being nostalgic, you know, be, be, that, they could be misconstrued. It could as be misconstrued that way. Sorry, with the candy yeah. bar and the, but literally the ice a cream. cigar coming in a little box. It's literally a Chinese. It, it's in. literally a Chinese food takeout. Yeah, like <laughs> it literally is. I don't. I I personally, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cause an uproar and like about being culturally appropriate, but I'm going to be, I'm going to say it's just tacky. It just is. That's, that's the thing is, is listen, there's a lot of companies. Listen, when you see uh, a demographic ripe for the picking, you go all in. So that's why I, even though it annoys me, I understand a lot of the companies doing, you know, the year of the rabbit, the year of the tiger, which Davidoff started. And so yes. I don't think there's a single Asian person working in Davidoff's headquarters. I might be mistaken on yeah. that. In Switzerland, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a <laughs> yeah. huge Chinese yeah. contingent working in the Swiss. But a lot of uh, a lot of us who like my my friend's wife is Chinese and she's oh like what year what year were you born? I, I would like to know what year you are. Like everyone wants to know who isn't Chinese really. Like oh what what year what animal represents what, yeah. the year you were born? I think that's everyone's always been interested in that. Yeah. So the year and the they rat, do it respectfully. That, it's luxury. These yeah. are all luxury. They're always like you know the Placencia one, the Drew Estate one. They're like luxury items. It's a paying a homage. But here's, here's, I guess, where I get confused. That and the is, names, too. I'm yeah. sorry. Like well, no, that's what we're going to yeah. get into. So that, uh, the year of and, and honoring that, I totally understand. Um, e even if it is just like, hey, we want to get into that market. Like, yeah, but you're doing it in an honorable way. You're doing good packaging. It's a luxury item. I don't know what the purpose of these punch cigars is because, A, the folks in China don't eat American Chinese food. They're not yeah. walking around with the plastic black container yeah. of General Tsao's chicken and fried rice. Yeah. Like that's that's not what they eat there. 
So it's it's not really marketed for them because they would look at that container and be like, what even is that? Yeah. I don't even know. That was all created in San Francisco and New York City to an extent in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. So you're not really marketing toward it. What's it, the famous fast food Chinese place that started in Jersey? Why am I drawing a blank? I don't know. Fast food, like a, like a drive-thru? Yeah. You oh, I don't even know. know. Adele doesn't know anything about pop culture. <laughs> yeah. Do you even eat Chinese food, Adele? Yeah, I didn't think so. She didn't like She had it once. She didn't like it. Yes, yes. Panda, Panda Express. Express. That was created in Jersey. That was, <laughs> that yeah. was founded By a guy in- who probably looked like me. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it By was. a guy who looks like me, probably. I'll and, look it up later. And all it is Can is you look it up? I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was like, or it's like one of the first stores ever was in New Jersey. That's the one that's in the mall, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where was it founded? Just get to the point. Don't don't pontificate <laughs> like you know what's going on in the Chinese food industry. There's a lot down. Okay, I'm sorry. My point being because they really know my about point being Chinese is, food in California. It was not founded in it's China. Not, it, yeah, no, it was, it was American in Chinese food is not yeah. Chinese food. Okay, well then. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. You probably Adele. you. You probably didn't even eat it. You probably went to the McDonald's in China. Now, I've been to like authentic, like the places in Chinatown, like the dim sum places. Yes. Those and the, are food, awesome. the food is excellent. Yeah. But even, even if you get takeaway from there, they're not putting it in the little thing. <laughs> you know, you're not getting a fortune cookie. Yeah. 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 So they're not, they're, <laughs> yeah, the this, this sounds like it's honestly that the, the marketing behind it is so bad. And also, let me, let me, let's do a quick explanation in case anyone doesn't know what we're talking about. Okay. Over the past year and a half, Punch, which is a cigar company, Cuban heritage brand, legendary <laughs> brand, Punch, <laughs> like up there with Cohiba and Monte Cristo, have been marketing a series of cigars named after American Chinese foods and then packaged in American Chinese food containers. They had, I think they had like the lo mein, they had like the egg foo young, they have the egg roll, and the other, oh, sorry, the spring roll. They had an egg roll, now they have the spring roll. And then the best of all of it was when they did the sampler in what they called the bento box, yeah, which is Japanese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember that. Yeah. So they're they not, don't know. It's, this is like, I don't want to say it's, it's, I'm not going to go racist. I don't want to go down the woke path here i don't because i don't uh, but it's i will say it's ignorant it's it's like what if you were watching mad men in the 60s and some marketing guy was like hey we want to like make these cigarettes more appealing to like a chinese demographic and someone's like oh put them in a fried rice box like it's 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 that kind of marketing if it's supposed to be for the chinese demographic Yeah, i would love to just know their thought process behind this and who they're, and they're aim- doubling down. And who they're, they're doubling aiming down it towards. And guess what? I, I'm not going to say who, but I've asked important people who work for that company. I'm like, hey, what's going on with that? And they're like, dude, we don't even know. Like, we, we don't even want to talk about it. And listen, General's in a weird spot right now. You lost Ricky. You gained Matt Booth, which is a good one. Now you just lost Laurel from yeah. Macanudo. I don't know what Sean's going to do with the whole Cohiba situation, mm-hmm. the, the, the legality with the Cohiba name. I'm sure that, that that's going to be an ongoing court case. If he walks away from Cohiba, then, man, ge- General's kind of... Uh, yeah. What, yeah. So you wonder, like, how would Matt Booth take that, you think? Or is he just going to be like, you know what? Like, I'm going to just kind of focus on me. I don't know. I think it was smart for them to get him. Yeah. But I just wonder... I, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I don't know what the future holds for that company. They have since they announced him, and then he did a he did do a retake a, like a redo of the Sancho Panza brand, which was very good. 
but I haven't seen any big news from him over yeah. there since. Um, so it's curious to see. I don't know. General's in a really weird spot now. Um, their their retail arms, our competitors, are doing very well. Um, they, they you know so like they're they're on the upswing. This can't be the only thing they have going for them. This this punch, <laughs> dude. <laughs> this punch. It's it's so it's so and I, like and even though we sell a lot with General, we're we're yeah. friends with them. They're they're one of our big manufacturing partners. I'm gonna just be straight out. That is dumb that cigar is dumb i agree and i've smoked a few of them just to try they're very good smokes that's 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 what bothers me even more is they're actually very good cigars some of the best punch blends that have been released in many years but what are you doing and not even to defend not to defend it at all but like i feel like part of getting a box of cigars is you're able to keep the box and display them we have them here we have them over there like we keep our boxes here for show uh justin uses them for decorate you know for he paints them and decorates them my wife uses them for like pencil like to keep her pencils in and stuff you keep the box to uh, really like uh, pencils yeah color pencil she, oh she arts like she, she arts? arts jesus christ she mm-hmm. draws and stuff she, she's were you on the marketing team for this punch cigar yeah i was we're gonna do art <laughs> we're gonna make art. art we're gonna make we're gonna China. art we're gonna, we're gonna art the China. fuck out of this um <laughs> But it seems like the one that we got in, uh, once you emptied the cigars or put them in your humidor or whatever, it's not even like a collectible box you keep. It was literally a pan you put food in that you would yeah. toss away. Yeah, it was so, aluminum. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was like an aluminum so tin. So it's not like the new punch, Kung Pao, whatever, the box that comes in is something to keep. You're going to toss it out. So it's not even like I, they're thinking of the marketing standpoint. is like, oh, we'll keep it. We'll make it like a collector's item. No, it's you're literally getting one of those boxes that fried rice comes in, and you're putting cigars in there. Yeah. So I just you just don't understand. Yeah, and also just in terms of transportation, cigars are probably not very safe in that. No. To be to, for, for first thing. Second thing, this this start. Yeah, exactly. And Can, I, I hate when this happens, and this happens in in any industry. I mean, if you want to look, you know, uh, financially, this happened with the the mortgage crisis. Is somebody has a good idea for a thing, and then over time. People who, with less ingenuity and less creativity, take that and morph it into something that's not good. So the mortgage-backed securities that the guy started in like the '70s was a good investment at the time; it was great, and then it got morphed into this horrible thing. So this started with like Pete Johnson doing one of the best cigars ever. By the way, was his pork chop and his pork tenderloin. Um, you can't even find him anymore. Every once yeah. in a while, he te- you talk he about that, them. that one a lot. But yeah. the, they came wrapped in butcher paper, like you got it at the butcher. You know, the white paper with a sticker on it, and it said like a sell by date, uh, and it was beautifully creative. And this was you know two thousand nine, ten, somewhere in there, and the cigars were excellent. This is people who think that they're doing that, but they're doing it badly. And notice, Pete doesn't really do that anymore. No. You know, um, he has his monster series, but that's I think that's classy and creative, and the boxes are of a high quality. But yeah, no one yeah, that's geared towards the, horror. Yeah, movie like fans. you said, some, putting imagine putting this into like a freaking I can't stand when they do that, or, or like a subway wrapper. Oh, yeah. wrap it up like a subway sandwich. Think it's of any dumb. any you know Indian cuisine. Think of any cuisine that that they would be mocking. It's just I just don't get it. You know, I don't I, I don't. I, 
you know, we when we want to come up with concepts and projects here, like we, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, we got to go through the ringer to figure a lot of stuff out sure. before it's even like, okay, you can go film this or you can go create this. They need that there. It just seems like they're just, yeah, like, excuse my language, they're just like, ah, fuck it, throw it at a dart. What we're going to do? Okay, we're going to do that, then we're going to make it. And now, like, I would love to, I mean, they're never, they would never share this. I'd love to see their numbers because, like, dude. Yeah. Maybe this thing is selling gangbusters somewhere. I doubt it's selling gangbusters in the Well, how did it do with us? I don't even think we carried it. Oh, okay. Then I wonder why they shipped it up to us. Okay. Yeah. I think they they took in like the first one, and then uh, we were just like- Yeah, I would love to hear if anyone who sells it and just see- if I ever see that in a cigar shop, I'm gonna ask. Here's like, the thing: if what, it is, how are you sell? Are these selling good? If it is selling well in China, it's well, like yeah. it's like a joke. They're buying it like ah, this is like stupid, right, guys? You know, it'd yeah. be like it'd be like selling uh, an, like, America a Pizza Hut food? box in yeah. Italy. They yeah. would buy it as like, oh yeah, this is stupid, right? Yeah. Like, like what they think that we are. Um, Papa it's Jux. just it's just so badly done. Like, there's. Chinese culture is so rich in history and mythology. If you wanted to something that's going to pay homage to that or, or discuss that, there's so many better routes to exactly. go than calling your cigar the fucking egg roll. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just. I agree. I don't. It's so bad. I'm it's not, just so I'm bad. I'm just laughing at how you delivered that because it is silly as hell. Yeah. And I'm listen. I'm not one to judge, like whatever. You know, you think. I think this deserves judging. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, yeah. I think it does. Those people cause... have done. There's a bunch of silly stuff out there. I mean, you know, and and sometimes the packaging is fun and interesting. Yeah. I mean, when the Alec Bradley Black Market came out 10, 15 years ago, that was considered at the time almost kind of gimmicky packaging because yeah. it came in like a like a wood crate, like it looked like you know Man. black market goods, but to literally just. I don't know if they're going to like a cigar box manufacturer. Can you imagine? They might be calling manufacturers of Chinese food containers and just changing the artwork on it. They might be doing that. that. That's a real possibility. Yeah. And I would, if I were to ever create a cigar line or brand or whatever, I think it would be like pop culture or movie based, but that's where legal, you know, legal stuff comes in. Like, could you imagine like, I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like something like that. Yeah. Nature would be pretty cool to do, like much kind of like how Pete Johnson does with the the monster series, but still, even then, you got to kind of watch like what's tacky and what's not. This is tacky. I agree. And if there's one thing in terms of marketing that has been demolished over the past ten years is tacky. There was a there was a high point for it. Retro tack, like the '90s was a prime time for '90s and '80s. Prime time for tack. Yeah. They released this in 91. This yeah, thing sells. Well, yeah, of course. You release this in t- like you're you re- you're this releasing this ago, you're maybe. releasing this at the same time that like Stop Asian Hate is like trending on Twitter yeah. and a bunch of white fellas, I imagine, maybe maybe they're not, maybe they're they're a diverse team, but there's not a I can't imagine there's a lot like I said, there's not a lot of Chinese Americans down in mm-hmm. Florida working for General Cigar. I can't imagine that there are. Just by the the representation, the numbers in this industry, and you're just gonna call a cigar an egg roll, throw it in a Chinese food, can, and you're gonna send it. And you press releases, like yeah, that's one thing. If you made it as a joke for your own company, like ah, oh, look what we did. Yeah, we got the to cannoli. Half wheel for yeah, yeah. I mean, we made the cannoli. Like yeah. it's fun, but to be like you're standing by this product, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. I don't either. 
Uh, everyone out there, thank you very much for listening. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe. Hopefully within the next few weeks. Oh, so the consensus comes out January 20th. Okay. So the following week we will have our take um, on the kind of 2020 review as a whole. We'll do next. We'll do what we did last year to bring Derek on and we'll talk yeah, about it. We'll so. see what he has to say. But uh, thank you very much for watching. Again, comment, like, and subscribe. And as always, keep them lit.